Monday, Thursday, or Commandment Thursday, is a vital time in this week leading to the events of Friday and beyond. It occurs during the heart of the great festival of the Jews, not only of Jesus' time, but in all times. Jesus has come with his disciples to Jerusalem, the spiritual and cultural center of the Jewish world. Like millions of Jews before and after, he wishes to be in the holy city to celebrate the Passover. We heard in tonight's reading from Exodus of the initial Passover, when God instructed his people about how to prepare the sacrifice and be saved, it initiates their journey out of Egyptian slavery. We Christians, of course, have long associated our salvation, our escape out of slavery, with the sacrifice of Jesus as the Lamb of God. But on this holy night in Jerusalem, Jesus is here to share the holy day according to those instructions from the Torah. We don't really know exactly what Jesus understood about what was to follow on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, but he did seem to realize that tonight, as they gathered to share the Passover, was all the time he had left to emphasize for his disciples his most crucial teachings. He begins by girding his loins and washing the feet of the disciples to emphasize that he has come as a servant. Only then does he bless the bread and the wine and instruct his disciples to continue the practice when they gather together and to witness each time that these simple and basic elements will become for them his own body and blood, a startling echo of the first Passover. And then he repeats one of the basic tenets of his teaching. They must love each other. And he doesn't leave it there. He tells them that they must love each other as much as they love themselves. Later this evening, we will remember and celebrate that first Eucharist, and we will place the consecrated elements of the Mass on the special altar, and members of the congregation will stay here with Jesus all night striving to compensate for the failures of the sleeping disciples to be awake with Jesus in Gethsemane on his final night of prayer. But tonight I want to focus on that final commandment that Jesus gives his followers. His disciples must love God and love each other and love their neighbors as much as they love themselves. I think this last phrase has sometimes been overlooked or minimalized by the church. We are to love ourselves there's no surer way of demonstrating our sanity and our health of soul than by caring for ourselves. I'm not preaching selfishness. We are to love others as well as ourselves, but those who do not love themselves have a profoundly negative effect on the world. I often think that the most unhappy people are those who seem unable to love anybody else just because they do not value their own worth their own gifts, their own lives. The taking of another's life or ignoring the needs of the unfortunate or the selfish seeking of more and more in the way of material goods may be the surest signs of a person who does not love her or himself. Sometimes the mental crisis of self-loathing takes horribly tragic avenues, like our country's recurring episodes of gun violence, 
but there are thousands and thousands of more subtle incidents every day, and they can be incredibly destructive. I think it's crucial tonight, of all nights, to think of how we as individuals and as members of St. Luke's Parish can find a way to fulfill that final commandment from Jesus. We need to answer the question, how much and how often do I demonstrate that I love others as I love myself? And what does that mean in the here and now? I've several times heard our bishop, Bishop Mary, lamenting the aging of the church without the infusion of a younger generation. How could we ensure that what Jesus taught us can make a difference for young people? They're searching. They're right now courageously leading the way toward suppressing gun violence. And many of us old folks applaud the youth and hope for a more peaceful world. However, if we want to share Christ with them, they must see that we are striving, striving to live lives of love. There is so much loud misinformation about Christianity in our culture that we will have to offer them something specific, something that speaks to their own lives and fears and needs for security and hope and understanding. Young people now seem more desperate to find meaning and security in life. They feel cut off from the community of adulthood. Many are feeling angry, isolated, in danger. Adolescents, just like the rest of us, want to feel successful. They want to believe that the world's good and safe place without those strong divisions of we're in and you're out that have been so prevalent in much of our history. Ours as a nation and ours as a church. Can we articulate why the gifts of Jesus, his instructions on this night of commandments, have any chance of giving life and hope and love back to anybody? I pray that we can. And of course, we can pray, but what is more immediate is what we can do in the world. Not just the world of the church, but what we can do to serve those whose lives have failed them. How can we share more wildly the gifts of community, the gifts of sustaining nourishment, physical and spiritual, the bread and the wine, of course, but also the bond of being in community together. How do we make it apparent that we love ourselves enough to love them? Who can we be at St. Luke's for the people who walk by here every day, for those who think this building might be part of Old Town, to those who think they know all about what Christians do and think because they saw and heard it on television? Can we overcome some who call themselves Christians? Joe and I have separately received identical anonymous phone calls in the last 10 days. Hearing a male voice utter this sentence, you are going to hell because you don't go to our church. We have a lot to overcome when we try to preach love. The clergy, the vestry, the people beside you in the pew are all needed equally if we are to recognize the commands of this night. Not enough to just be here. We've been here for about 130 years. We need to get out there. At the end of the service, we often hear, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Do we really hear that in peace? To love and serve the Lord? Do we hear ourselves say, Thanks be to God. Thanks, God. On this night, when Jesus uses his last hours to try to teach us something, let's pay attention. Can we clean our lives of the debris of the world? 
Can we share our food and our table in communion and in community? Do we love ourselves enough to love our neighbors? Just over 75 years ago, at the start of World War II, the English poet W.H. Auden wrote in one of his widely read poems, we must love one another or die. For a long time, I thought this was an exaggeration. I don't think so anymore. Amen. Oh,